Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dreamer Talks. My name is Abby Volkovich, and I'm your host. It is my job on this podcast to introduce you to dreamers from many different fields and walks of life. It is important to note that we can learn many things from the people we surround ourselves with. This is why I have ventured out to interview dreamers who are willing to share their journey with us. For the next couple of episodes, I'm happy to share with you guys a collaboration that Dreamer Talks did with TEDx IDC Herzliya, the new Millennium podcast. I'm very happy I got to be a part of the team, and we have a very great lineup of speakers for the new Millennium podcast that I would like to share with you guys. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. IDC Radio, 106.2 FM. Our guest today is Maya Izaki. She's the founder of Digital Zen, a company that aims to help people declutter their digital lives and enter a balanced relationship with their technology, reaching what they call digital wellness. So Maya, welcome to the show. Uh, please tell us a little bit about who you are and what motivated you to start Digital Zen. Awesome. Thanks, Abby. I'm so happy to be here today um, in IDC. I haven't been here in many years, and it's lovely to be at the radio station and recording with you. Um, so my journey with Digital Zen actually started years ago. I think like many of us, um, I was handed a phone when I was around 12 years old, and my life quickly became digital. Um, I got a Facebook when I was 16, and... Then I started college and everything was online by then and we were taking notes on our computers and, um, and then I started working. And I started my career in management consulting, uh, a world in which there are so many different things going on in your digital life. You have thousands of emails every day, you have nonstop communication, um, you're talking to people across 30 different countries at every, any given time and I just started feeling a bit of digital overwhelm. Um, I don't even think we had the language then for that, but I just started to really feel like there right. was... I, I feel like problems suddenly, they, they come up and you don't have the language for it. And then suddenly, oh, well, you're diagnosed with this problem, probably. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's label it something. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And, you know, regardless of what we call it clinically, I could say that at the time I was just starting to feel like, oh, my God, overwhelmed feeling. And um, I started trying to solve my own kind of problems and try to see how could I get smarter about when I use my email and how I'm communicating digitally and all of these different um, kind of problem-solving techniques and productivity hacks and, and that kind of thing. And um, eventually it led to a culmination of me starting a company um, that teaches people and organizations how to do better with technology. Amazing. And mm -hmm. so with this rise of technology that we all kind of went through naturally without that guidance that you now provide, um, there's people that definitely got a little bit addicted to technology. So would you consider yourself or people uh, digital addicts? Hmm. Always a good question. Um, I think that when we when, maybe we should just break it down for a second. Digital mm -hmm. addiction in itself is actually uh, a neurochemical dependency, right? It's actually something that's happening at a biological and a physiological level where you actually feel like you need your devices. Is that so, the, the sensation when you wake up in the morning and yes. you got to get that? Exactly. It's like there's actually no other option of something to do, right? You you wake up in the morning, you're locked in on your phone, and that's the impulse feeling that you have, that mm -hmm. that's where you want to start your day. 
Um, so I personally don't consider myself digitally addicted, but I do consider myself often digitally distracted, which I think is actually the most common epidemic. Can you maybe pinpoint the specific difference for the addiction and distracting? Sure, sure. So digital distraction can actually be thought of as cognitive overload. So it's the kind of task switching um, that we do when we're using a bunch of different devices or getting a lot of different inputs at the same time. And at that point, we are no longer able to be in a deeper, more focused state. Got it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, what would you recommend to people listening to this episode um, that are maybe overwhelmed with the digital? uh, Ah, here, I'll say that one again. Um, Great. So what would you recommend to our listeners who may be going through this kind of digital overwhelm or this digital anxiety that they could do some tips and tricks to help them out? Sure. So one of the first things I like to bring up is that actually this is a situation that you can change. Um, You can take back control of your digital life and your technology use. So it's not something that has to be in the current state that it is. And if you take the time and energy to kind of step back and Um, design this area of your life like you do in other areas, like maybe fitness or um, your diet. So if you take the time to kind of reset and envision this part of your life, you really can uh, make immediate changes to improve your overall well-being. Um, So the difference, though, that, that is commonly faced with people when it comes to tech is that we're also kind of on this uphill battle against the tech giants and against mm-hmm. all the companies that are force feeding us um, information and um, controlling our news feeds. So when it comes to digital overwhelm, we really need to take an extra step to set up kind of foolproof systems. Um, and those systems have to be stronger than our personal willpower. Because when it comes to you know our, our little um, everyday decisions of like, do I wake up in the morning and go meditate or do I look at my phone? You're always going to want to look at your phone. <laughs> right. It's, right? Like the, it's the candy to children right exactly. there. Exactly. So it's it's like, you know, our uh, our weakness is kind of built in in our pockets right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we really need to, to be able to do is to take that step back, not when you're in the moment of weakness, but um, maybe, you know, once a week when you're kind of thinking about how you want the week to go. Um, to envision when and where you're using your technology, in what way, um, what is what is your real purpose, and, and to set up systems that enforce that. Right, and I, I think one thing that I'd like to go back and forth with you on is the actual effort and um, discipline that is needed to have this awareness. You know, first you have to have this awareness that it's an issue that you might be using technology and admit to it that it's it's overwhelming you, and then that way you can then move on to enact change and create this system for yourself. And I think that's what a lot of people, um, because technology is so instantaneous, we're expecting things to just kind of work out the same way when we want to organize things. And it's not always that easy. You know, you have to actually put that effort into creating that structure for yourself. So I don't know if you could talk to that, uh, the structuring a little bit, uh, any tips and tricks slightly there. Um, I know we're going a little bit off script here, (laughs) but uh, if you can maybe talk to that a little. Yeah, no problem. I think that you're really touching on something crucial here, which is how does transformation happen in our lives, in our daily lives? And um, awareness is key to that. And uh, awareness requires space. It requires us not going on autopilot. It requires us um, having uh, internal 
um, awareness of our thoughts and feelings, of why we do the things we do. Uh, it requires a slowing down. And that's very much where the Zen of my company comes in. Um, so a lot of people in the, in the technology wellness space um, have a lot of suggested tips and tricks that kind of deal with more apps to use or more, more, um, you know, more platforms and more in digital interactions. Um, and what I really recommend is kind of going the other way with it and going more towards digital minimalism um, and, you know, kind of taking that step to look critically at when um, and what you're using different, different parts of your digital life for. So on a more practical level, we can just look at, you know, the core functionalities that most of us are using. So we have, you know, email, we have um, our photos and documents management systems, we have um, all the apps we use for media, like Spotify and Netflix and things like that. We have messaging apps, those kinds of things. So one of the first things I tell people to do is just do a run through of your apps, clean up your phone use, um, turn off your notifications, examine your screen time. And that's kind of like the, the quick automatic wins that people can get just by um, taking a few steps in their daily life. Right, to get that first step of awareness. Amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, great. And so can you touch, uh, I mean, I, f I feel like that's the first step for digital decluttering. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit on that term um, and then what goes on after that? Sure. So I got into digital decluttering um, a really long time ago because I've always been into organization. Um, you know, the nerd part of me just likes things color coded. And um, and then, you know, a few years ago, Marie Kondo came into the world. Um, I mean, she's been around for quite a long time, um, but she kind of hit the mainstream with home organization. Um, and it really inspired me in my own minimalist journey to look at um, the objects I have and what I interact with. And um, I started, you know, decluttering my own house and my own life. And then I realized my digital life was not organized, <laughs> um, you know, despite my best efforts. And it makes sense, you know. I don't know how many photos you have, but... Uh... <laughs> my dad's a photographer, so okay. let me tell you, I have a lot of photos. <laughs> exactly. So I can tell you personally, I have at least 20,000 photos um, backed up. And I don't want to be my own secretary. I don't want to go through uh, at any given time and, and declutter every single photo I've ever taken. Um, and so when I talk about digital decluttering, I actually am talking about um, kind of like doing this home organization for your digital life, doing like the big win items, um, the kind of like sweeping um, bigger tasks that we can do so that we feel like it's under some sense of control. Like we know where to find the key documents we need. We know um, how to track down an old email. We know that we don't have a million hard drives piled up in a drawer in our house. Oh, are you one of those? <laughs> Definitely one of those. I'm seeing Abby's face right yeah. now. <laughs> well, content creators just yes. have piles and piles of hard drives. So yeah, I, I, I'm guilty to that. Yes, <laughs> of sure. course. I think anyone who's working in media is facing this 10x, right? Um, and actually, when I was creating some of my online um, courses, and it came to media storage, I was consulting with a good friend who's a DJ, um, my friend Terry, who lives in Berlin. And I asked her, I'm like, I need to know everything about DJ music storage. And she's like, oh, girl, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Where do I even begin? Where do I begin? And she told me, you know, she walked me through all of the different digital challenges that they have. Um, and I think it's basically uh, a much 
you know, more intense volume of what the normal person has. Um, so yeah, we all have this, you know, what I want to emphasize here is that no one is to blame, right? Like we were handed these devices. Um, technology keeps changing. Every year or two, new things come out. We upgrade and we're left with legacy hard drives and storage. And um, yeah, if you don't take the time to kind of reset, then it's just going to accumulate just and like anything else. It's also pretty funny because because technology is evolving, some of these hard drives that I have piled up in the closet somewhere, one hard drive was used to be like two gigabytes. And nowadays, you know, you you have hard drives that are even 10 terabytes, right. I'm assuming. So I could take all these hard drives and just put them in one folder and get rid of physical clutter in my in Yes, my exactly. And it's just those hard drives are irrelevant at this point, right? Mm -hmm. There's also the kind of the failure uh, rate of hard drives, which is usually after mm -hmm. two or three years, they're a bit risky. For sure. Um, yeah, and, there's backups upon backups. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, even with cloud, um, people still want to have that extra hard drive level. And For sure. Yeah. So that's to drill into the details <laughs> of digital yeah. decluttering and um, what I will say is it's it's not the most exciting topic. Like it can, it can feel a little dry and technical and boring to actually clean up your digital life. Um, and that's why I work with my team to develop kind of quicker tutorials and get people done with this stuff yeah. fast so they can focus on what actually matters to them. <laughs> well, I, I feel I really love the analogy you had. It's basically like cleaning up your, your home. And mm -hmm. it's it's sad to say, but also a lot of people don't like cleaning and having their home organized. You know, they, they tend to have a very cluttered home. Um, but there's always the re the rewarding aspect of it mm -hmm. that when you do have that organization and you can exactly show people, you know, and bring people in, into your home and have them as guests, it's beautiful. And that's, I think, with your technology, having that mm. organization allows you to just move forward with those certain things perfectly. So, yeah, I love that metaphor that you gave us. Mm. Um now, I want to transition right now if we are talking about the new millennium, okay, and the future of the digital world, how dangerous do you feel that um, this mass of technology can affect our minds, our soul, and overall the, the health situation? It's a great question, and um, one of the reasons I was excited to be on the new millennium TEDx podcast was to kind of talk about these these broader topics. Um, so a lot of people ask me this. They think they ask me, like, what do you think? Is tech bad? Is it the bane of our existence? Is everything going downhill from here? Um, and I actually agree with most technologists. The technology in itself is not inherently bad. Um, it actually is full of amazing benefits for all of us, right? Technology is saving us time. It's saving us energy, it's saving lives. Um, but what is not working is how and when we're using tech um, and the uh, broader structures of how tech is being deployed um, from a corporate level um, and a policy level. Mm -hmm. So there are definitely risks, and I think the people um, at the Center for Humane Technology um, who developed the Social Dilemma film did a great job kind of detailing the, the broader risks that are going on right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I am really happy that there are organizations that are taking strides to to transform, um, you know, how we all think about the future of tech. Right. Um, and especially when it comes to um, better regulatory policies and um, financial incentives for these companies. 
Um, so that's, you know, at the macro. Yeah, no, I definitely had friends that saw that documentary and, and now we're like very scared of mm -hmm. technology. And I think I, I tend to really agree with you in the, in the fact that it, it helps you and if you use it properly and if there are these measures for these corporate companies, like you say, they're tools that can help us to really move forward in a, in a much better way. You know, the, the first... Yes innovation of technology was you know just a stick in the caveman days that's technology and it evolves to now having a computer in your pocket or your your wristwatch you know so it, it's yes. as long as we have these measures i completely agree with you and, and i think that's it's crucial uh, I, I agree with you yeah and in human nature is just going to continue to evolve tech right like tech is not going away so one of the things that I talk about um, in my online courses and in my, in my um, at my company is, you know, it's not going to go away. It's not practical for me to tell everyone in the world now to stop using your apps and turn off your social media. Most people are finding a lot of connection um, or at least entertainment from using social media. It's not really realistic or practical for most people to stop using social media. So um, what I then invite people to do is really look at your personal decisions and your individual use and making sure that you have awareness, as you so well put in the beginning, um, of, you know, your different mood states and when are you turning to social media and is that really the best self-care or um, soul care that you could be doing at that moment? So I invite people to kind of tune in at the individual level given that there are these broader technology and societal trends going on. Right. No, and I, like, as you mentioned that, I, I picture myself or even some friends of mine that, let's say you finish homework and you finish your day, and the go-to is, okay, I'll sit back on the couch and now watch Netflix or YouTube or binge on my phone, Instagram, whatever. It, it's a binge of some sort of social media or technology in general. Mm. And it's kind of become the default. And I feel like, you know, what we're, we're talking to right now, this awareness of the self-awareness of really realizing, like, is this really what I want to be doing? Or am I just doing it because it's become this default that I've gotten used to and accustomed to uh, so much? So I don't know if you could talk to that yeah, a little bit. Yeah, um, I think that's, that's a really well put point because the default element is actually the problem it's when it becomes your um your new normal and your reality to turn to tech whenever you have a spare minute that there's an issue and i think that step of just even us having this conversation is is the first step it's just to look at your own technology use and, and have that awareness um, and then to really tune back into yourself right so um I often tell my my personal clients when I work with them one on one, what did your what did your child self used to do for fun? What did you like to do when you were you know when you were a kid? Like I love to create, right? And I know that that is still what feeds me um, and feeds me at the soul level. Um, so I invite us all to kind of incorporate more of those activities into our into our daily life and um, to create um, a new new normal perhaps, right. in which we, um, when we're in group settings, we tune into each other um, and to ourselves. And uh, I can tell you even with a group, of, I have a group of friends, we meet uh, once a month on the regular, and we kind of all put our phones away during that time. Um, 
of course we have to take photos and videos of the babies <laughs> <laughs> um, and all <laughs> and that stuff first but then we kind of put it all away and then right. we're really tuned in mm-hmm. um, and then another thing that I do in my own life that I really like is I kind of do a digital Shabbat Mm-hmm. or a digital Sabbath, as we say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll take one day a week and um, not use my tech. And uh, I know that's not for everyone, so I don't preach about it, but yeah. I just, a lot of my friends will be like, that looks so nice. That that seems like a great thing to do. I'm like, try it for three hours. All right. See what that's like. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I definitely have done my own personal digital Sabbaths as well. And it, I can tell you that it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And the the level of connectivity that you can have with people is different because we've gotten so used to it right um all right so let's now transition um if you could please provide the listeners for the best advice in general you know now we've covered a lot with uh we've covered a lot so far but the best advice you can maybe give for someone's private life or their professional life in terms of uh dealing with tech and maybe mixing the two as well Mm. I think the biggest um, takeaway that I have from my own experiences and my client work is um, that it can change, that um, whatever the situation is in your life, be it tech or anything else, um, at at every moment we're always choosing again and we can create the life we want. Um, You know, we're all born into a different reality um, with different challenges. Um, And when I say that, I mean... You know, each person comes to this world with their own uh, their own um, curriculum. Like we right. each have different things we go through in this life, but um, we do have a lot of choice. And I think that's especially true when it comes to how we use our technology. Um, and and part of that is that in the modern age, we're overwhelmed by choice. Right. So we have endless choice. And yeah. The privileged. On, on one side, it's over, it's powering, and on the other side, yes. it's overwhelming. Yes, yeah. it's that line of like freedom, like unlimited freedom, and then the the feeling of unlimited freedom, which mm-hmm. can feel really overwhelming. And um, the more privileged you, you are, the more freedom you have. So um, one thing that that we can do in that is actually really turn inwards to figure out what our true path is in this world. Um, so it's a, it's kind of a lofty way of saying, you know, quiet things down, you know? So, uh, if you're used to buzzes and beeps and emails and pings and, um, take a few minutes and, and listen to yourself again. And it takes time. You know, I think that's why people love practices like yoga and it's become very trendy. And those are practices, um, be it yoga or playing music or anything like that. Those are practices that help us quiet things down. Um, return to our bodies, return to more embodied states, um, create an inner world where we can hear ourselves again. So that is my um, my word of advice. Amazing, that's incredible. Uh, well, my I think we've uh, we've covered a lot, and it's it's been really really great talking to you. I don't know if you have anything else to add uh, that you'd want to our listeners to hear. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have any last words <laughs> that you'd want to give us, and if not, then I think we can uh, conclude here and uh, call it a day. I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, Avi. Me too. Um, you know, and when I thought about this podcast topic in the beginning and I thought of the new millennium, I thought about how when we were younger and little kids, you know, millennium, it was like this big thing. And this is 
our millennium now. You know, we're making it. We're actors. Um, and technology has given us that chance to really, really shape the world. You know, we can do everything much faster. We can connect with anyone. Um, we can do things we never thought we could do. And so this is our time. This is our time to do something beautiful with the new millennium. Beautiful. Beautiful. Amazing. Uh, final words. Uh, so yeah, please, guys, make sure to stay tuned for the launch of your webpage, Digital Zen. Uh, we'll definitely stay tuned. And uh, yeah, we thank everyone for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dreamer Talks. I'd love to have you back again next week. So make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a review of what you thought of the podcast. I'd really like the input to make this podcast as engaging and entertaining as possible. So once again, a big thank you and I'll see you next week.